Hello. Welcome to another episode of <laughs> Sophia's Choice. I knew silence would mess with you more than <laughs> Well, I can cut the silence out. I mean, now I won't because it's continued on. But uh, anyways, welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, joined by Brent. Hello. And Ski. Hi, friends. And today we're going to be going over uh, Season 4, Episode 6, Sophia's Wedding, Part 1. Our normal format today with Ski doing the recap, uh, us giving our MVPs at the end, as well as our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake. Um, so, but before we kick it off, I had a couple little pieces of news okay. to mention. Fire away. Um, we do have a few new. We do have a few new countries that have oh. started listening, or at least that have had a listen from. Sure. Yeah. So we've had. I haven't checked it in a little while um, prior to to this. Uh, so we actually have four new ones: uh, okay. Argentina, nice. cool. Austria, nice. Bangladesh, nice. and Sri Lanka. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, so we're getting, uh, you know, continuing our, uh, you know, to reach our tentacles around our world, <laughs> around the world. <laughs> exactly. And, Are we still big in the Philippines? Uh, we're as big in the Philippines as we were. <laughs> 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 um, I want to say we have like I don't know ten or twelve listens from the Philippines. Nice. Yeah. So it's one of our huge. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it is one of our higher countries. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a handful of countries that we've had a good amount of listens from, like yeah. Canada, of course, uh, mm-hmm. UK, um, Sweden. I want to say there's a couple others that, mm-hmm. that we've got. Ireland, actually, we've gotten quite a few from yeah, Ireland nice. recently. Um, so, yeah, we, we do have a handful. But then there's a bunch of others that we have somewhere between, let's say, 15 and four. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and yeah. then most of the other ones are one or two. Gotcha. Listen. So, That's so yes. Yeah, so Philippines is one of our higher level yeah. countries, but it's still, yeah. you know, pretty small potatoes. When you have that scale. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then I also have now, maybe you've already seen this. Hopefully you have, I do plan to, I posted about it on Twitter. I, I need to post about it on Facebook mm-hmm. as well. So maybe you've seen that, but Brent has started an Instagram account for the uh, the podcast. Oh yes, so Jump if you're online, in, friends. Yes, so if you're into the Instagram, that's another way that you can keep tabs on us and reach out to us. Uh, you know, comment on posts and mm-hmm. whatnot. I am up to two posts, and Alan, I believe, is up to six or seven. Yes, yeah, so this is one that both of us are posting on, and actually, up to this point, I've been the one mostly handling anything that was on social media, but. Brent is now, both the guys have the credentials now to log into the Twitter account, so they may reply to things on there, as well as, of course, uh, as I mentioned, Brent's the one who started the Instagram, so he certainly would be more involved. So if you want to reach out directly to Brent or Ski, then uh, Twitter Twitter or uh, Instagram, excuse me, would be both good options. Now, of course, you can still reach out on Facebook. It's just with those, it's probably going to be me replying, but I always relay that information to the guys. Kind of a big <laughs> deal, though. I mean, like... Do you have your like a personal Facebook account? I do not. Um, do you should, rent? I don't. I think you've told me before. I think, yeah, I do, I but you did. I don't really do anything with it. Yeah, you technically have one, don't you, Ski? Technically, yeah. <laughs> I actually got on there not real long ago. Uh, I wanted to look and see if I could find some pictures to steal. <laughs> <laughs> on your own <laughs> Facebook? Well, I used mine as a conduit to get to like Nicole's. And, oh, okay. Uh, I'm Actually, surprised you remembered your login information. Oh, I went in there and like screwed it up before. Like oh, my okay. wife, uh, mm-hmm. have I told you what what the crux of it was? Yes, go ahead and mention your password now. <laughs> <laughs> but like she she made it to taunt me because oh, okay. <laughs> she knew I was not into fa- to Facebook or social right. media in general, mm-hmm. and so she like was making it cackling in the background. I was like, "Don't do it!" And she's like, "Ha ha ha ha." <laughs> Well, very nice. Um, but yeah, so so if you want to reach out to us, any of those three options. The the Instagram account is Sophia's Choice 
podcast, right? It was un- Sophia underscore choice underscore podcast. Know. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I better look it up then so I can tell. Sophia's underscore choice underscore podcast is the Instagram account. Um, so, yeah, you can look us up there. I-, I did make one particular post on there that I was fairly proud of. Mm-hmm. It was I put a, a picture of uh, Sophia on there. And, and what my caption was was what Golden Girls line scene best describes your social media prowess. This is the one that this one is definitely mine. And that post is uh, Sophia saying, I'm not incompetent. Once when I laughed too hard, I had a little accident. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people like that post. One person commented like, oh, I get it. She mixed up the word incompetent <laughs> with incontinence, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And not a lot of people actually replied to it as far as, because I kind of was hoping, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some people would actually put in what their mm-hmm. uh what their response would be. Oh, gotcha. But we did get one in particular, one that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden Girls Quotes replied oh, okay. to it, uh, fasten your seatbelt, slut puppy. This ain't going to be no cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought that was a pretty good reply. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, social media-wise. I may have more to mention in one of our future episodes. Uh, and, of course, okay. if you if you do send us a message, we, we usually record these things with plenty of cushion so that we definitely have one available to go out every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may not hear us talk about it on the show right away, but we'll reply to something almost immediately or within the day, typically, if you send us a message so or, or comment on something or whatever. So we definitely love to hear from people. Yeah. So anyways, uh, with that... Uh, See golden cocos. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything more you wanted to add before we kick off the show? Uh, no, I'm just just excited for um, the first episode we're going to talk about now. Okay, good deal. Right. So about Austria. Mm-hmm, yeah. Hooray! Are you a big fan of Austria? That's kind of cool. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't sit through all those crocodile DMD movies for nothing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 Good day. <laughs> Enough of that. Yeah. Well, Sorry, it's like one of those things. I don't know if I make the like. Obviously, I understand the joke, and Ski understands I, the joke. But then there's part of me I'm like, okay, is there anybody listening that doesn't realize that you're comparing Austria and Australia? <laughs> <laughs> there may be or may not be. So oh, then I'm like, I get it. Yeah. He confused incompetence <laughs> with incompetence. Right, exactly. I, I mean, I think our fan base, uh, fan base, uh, such a, I think our listeners mm-hmm. um, are probably, you know, intelligent people. But then again, they are listening to us. So, <laughs> with, with a lot of free time, you're saying? Right. <laughs> Are you going to leave in this hole you've dug? <laughs> well, I don't out. know. I really have gone deep, haven't I? That's not um, to say he doesn't love you guys. I do. I really do. Um, we, we've got a... Our listeners have a fighting chance at being intelligent. <laughs> yeah, see now, but you're digging the hole so much deeper that I have to now cut it. <laughs> Just the probably. This is what I'm hanging my hat on. You're yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're probably are. <laughs> well, like I said, I mentioned that Instagram post, which it probably isn't a listener. It's probably someone who just happened to notice us on Instagram and enjoyed it. And with that response, I, I it makes think, me think I should uh, explain the joke. Yeah. I think <laughs> if they understood the joke and said that, it's even funnier. So. Mm, I see. Yeah, anyways. It's just from the dry sense of humor standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now I'll have to decide if I'm going to, how much of this, it, if any, I'll cut out. But I say keep it all. <laughs> Always. It's all golden. Yeah. We'll have to decide now. Wait till we get to the final runtime of this episode. Oh, okay. And then see how much I need to trim out. <laughs> two, and exactly. half, two and a half hours in, like, right. you know, maybe that first whole hour can go. <laughs> We've actually gotten a little more succinct with our, um, <laughs> with our recap. So I think 
uh, you know, we're hitting around an hour, which I think is a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. I would think that most people can tolerate us for an hour. Mm -hmm. I'd have to think when we're getting into that hour and a half, two hour yeah. range of people are like, all right, wrap it up, guys. Yeah. Um, but How much yeah. more? Yeah. This episode features Tarantino and Elvis. That's so, true. So you know I got three, four hours of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-Elvi. <laughs> Yeah, see, I was telling you that there were things that I, I think about sometimes, like, oh, I should kick off an episode or, you know, mm -hmm. kick off the episode with this. And, and that was something that I was going to mention oh, at yeah. the top of it. But <laughs> I don't know. At yeah, this when, when I rewatched, I tried to find him. I, I forgot to look for him, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's in the back row. Yeah. Row three. So he was the young Elvis. We'll get to that later, folks. Yeah. More to come. Yeah. All right. Season four, episode six. Sophia's wedding part one. Mm-hmm. Uh, original air date was November 19th, 1988. Uh, this one was written by Barry Finero and Morton Nathan. And as you may have guessed, directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we open in the kitchen. Blanche, Dorothy, and Sophia are already in the kitchen, and Rose rushes in excitedly. Uh, she has Dorothy read a letter out loud explaining that uh, she's been granted permission to open her own chapter of an unofficial Elvis Presley fan club. Right. Now, I wondered... Why do you need permission if it's unofficial? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think you would. I mean, say, I'm doing it. Unless it's like, okay, here is the unofficial Elvis fan club, you know, that's a mm -hmm. larger entity itself. I'm guessing it was yeah. that, but it still sounds kind of ironic. Yeah, I mean, it really does me. feel like you could. What are the repercussions <laughs> if you don't get <laughs> a permission to open this unofficial mm -hmm. fan club? Unless unofficial is part of the trademarks <laughs> name. Yeah. Have either of you ever been part of a fan club or organization of any kind? That you can recall, anyway. Yes. What? What? What for when you? When I was little bitty, uh, my mom and dad got me uh, a membership to the Star Wars fan club. Oh, really? Like I was like five or something. They came with kind of like the they come with all those cool boxes now, like the mm -hmm. like what's what's one of them you get you got before the. Uh, you mean like the loot crate, loot crate type? Crate, box? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't quite to that extent, but mm -hmm. they'd send cool little yeah. fan clubby stuff. Yeah. It was like cheap stuff, like the sticker and stuff. But I remember. As like a 18 year old kid moving out of my parents' house, I still had like an old Star Wars sticker <laughs> on that mirror that was like half torn off <laughs> from when I was like five. Yeah. Wow, very nice. nice. And how about you, Brendany, that you can recall? Um, so the Guided by Voices fan club, oh, okay. I was a member of when they did that, and then um, the the Live Fish. I don't know if that counts as a fan club or not, but you know, I give them a hundred bucks a year, and oh, in okay. exchange, I get a listen to concerts and different things like that. That sounds fantastic. Well, I was going to say, along those lines, I mean, I can't recall being part of what I would call a fan club, but I guess if you're mm -hmm. going along those lines, like I'm part of the Tell Them Steve Dave Patreon, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. followers, which I guess is a fan club in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you get something out of it, but yeah, uh, yeah I guess that still kind of qualifies. Yeah. Like um like the Gotta Buy Voices one, it was the same thing. It was like a hundred bucks for the year or whatever. But like every week you get, you know, some downloads and some songs they'd email you and, you know, exclusive merchandise you could purchase if you wanted to or whatever. So very nice. It was fun. Hope they bring it back. Hot Freaks is nah. what it was called. Hot Freaks? Yeah. And um it's after Gotta Buy Voices song. Oh okay. and so like they sent me my T shirt that said Hot Freaks on it and I've yet to wear that out in public. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you joined that fan club, would you have said that it was the uh, happiest, most fulfilling day of your life? <laughs> it was. It was. It was definitely in the top five. Oh, okay. 
So you have four kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so were those one through four, and then uh, and then the fan club number five. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> as it should be at least. Exactly. Except um, the fan club was higher than five, and oh. that kid knows who they are. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Do the, There's still time. Do uh, your wedding days follow after that? <laughs> or are they, like, way down the list? <laughs> what if I'm immediately follows the other two are way down the list? <laughs> you know, there's also the, the, the change in perspective over history, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as time goes, mm-hmm. the list must change, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> would you say that Brent is the victor, so he gets to write the uh, the yes, history of it? that's exactly right. <laughs> we're all the uh, the authors of our own history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To some extent. <laughs> yeah, but we're also the hero of our own story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't make it so. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. But uh, as you may have guessed, mm-hmm. Rose uh, states that it was the most fulfilling news of her life and Sophia promptly explains how pathetic that makes her sound. Yeah. The phone then rings, and Sophia goes to answer it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Blanche expresses how much she, too, loves Elvis. Rose invites her to join the new club as the first member. All right. And Blanche accepts the offer and uh, takes on the role immediately of president. <laughs> <laughs> Rose questions as to why she should be you know, the president of the club. And Blanche, uh, they kind of have a back and forth, but ultimately she lies, saying that she wants slept with uh, the king. Uh, Rose accepts this benchmark, <laughs> saying yeah. I can't top that. I mean, I definitely think that even if even without the um, you know the old Fibber McGee and Molly, right? She um, <laughs> should still definitely be the president, just because I think she was truly the Elvis fan amongst the group. Just well, because she's, she's going to talk about it for the entire series. Yeah, on and off. but I mean, it's age appropriate for her to like Elvis. Oh, okay. Like she's one year older than Elvis, so it's one of those things that you know, when Elvis came around, it's reasonable that she would kind of maybe listen to his music or whatever. Right. But you know, Rose and um Dorothy, they would have been more into like Frank Sinatra or something. Yeah, but I mean, that's you're talking about though Betty White and B. Arthur, because I mean, in in the show, they're all essentially the same age. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think. So I think you know. Blanche and Rose and Dorothy would all have the same, you know, frame of reference for people that they were fans of. Well, I mean, like when Elvis hit it big, mm-hmm. you know, um, Dorothy and Rose would have been like 35, you know. So that would be like you now saying, oh, I want to be the Justin Bieber fan club president because, like, it just seems like really odd for a 35-year-old woman, especially in that time where parents didn't really follow pop culture well, sure. to be that into Elvis. Well, but wouldn't Blanche have been their same age? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, but I, I'll give her a pass because, you know, she's definitely, you know, more into the youths. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're just saying that she would be more into it because she's more youthful, not because she's mm-hmm. younger. Exactly. Okay, I understand. Yeah. That makes sense then. Yeah. Well, and she's also talked about it several times. I mean, didn't they have a yard sale? With, yeah, they mm-hmm. had like she had some Elvis memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. I think she's brought up Elvis in a few other episodes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I mean, she was the the <gasps> southern one of the group, mm-hmm. which I think would have skewed a little more towards yeah, Elvis the as well. Hometown pride, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, in, fair enough. Indeed, though, Rose was the one that took the initiative to uh, get the approval. You know? Who would you want to be the president of the club if you were a club member and it was mm-hmm. one of those two? <laughs> who would you prefer? I mean, I would think Rose would would do a lot more activities and whatnot, mm-hmm. but you might consider them to be kind of hokey type things. Yeah. Um, whereas Blanche, her stuff might be somewhat more sophisticated. But at the same time, there'd be a lot less activities, I would think, don't you? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's better for Rose to be in charge of the club or whatever, just because she has more female friends that oh, okay. she can invite to it. And I think Blanche's address book is nothing but dudes. Right. That's true. <laughs> Fair enough. It's an interesting point. I hadn't considered that. I guess it's good that Rose got to be the secretary so mm-hmm. they keep the membership going. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so Rose questions why she should be the president, and uh, tell, she says that she slept with uh, Elvis. Uh, Rose then kind of leaves the, uh, the table in a huff. She, but Dorothy then calls her out, saying, "You know, no, you never slept with Elvis." Right. Blanche protests that you know there were many uh, men in the South with a similar look, you know, <laughs> and name. Uh, so who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sophia returns to the table. Uh, clearly upset from the the phone call. Uh, when Dorothy asks what's wrong, she explains that her dearest friend from childhood, Esther Weinstock, has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy asks, you know, what happened, and Sophia sarcastically replies that, you know, she died fighting an oil rig fire in the Gulf of Mexico, and said she yells, she was eighty eight. You know, yeah. she's old. Rose quickly comments though that how wonderful it was that she could work right up until the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was one of my favorite lines. Yeah, that was a good line. She has another one good later that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls are, you know, kind of glare over at her <laughs> to her <laughs> naivete. Uh, Dorothy offers to go to the uh, funeral in Brooklyn with her mother, but Sophia says, yeah, she's not going. Uh, Rose comments that, oh, the body must have been lost at sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sophia leaves the room. Uh, Dorothy then begins to explain why her mother doesn't want to attend the services. But then Sophia, you know, busts back in the door and exclaims that she doesn't want to see Esther's husband, Max. Mm-hmm. She then disappears back in the living room again. And Dorothy continues explaining that uh, long ago, Max was a businessman with her uh, with her father, Salvador. Right. Uh, and they ran a pizza knish stand on Coney Island. Mm-hmm. I had to look up what a knish was. What is a knish? Oh. Can I? Yeah. I've got it in my next episode. Oh, okay. Save it. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, tune in next episode <laughs> and you'll find out what a knish is. <laughs> <laughs> they have no way of knowing, no, Alan. Nope. I'll give you a sneak peek here in about eight minutes okay <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep the listeners there yeah it said you drew them in uh-huh. good uh anyway so they they had pizza which most people know what it is and the mysterious knish <laughs> uh staying on coney island until max uh, gambled away the company profits causing the business to go belly up uh, sophia never forgave him for that of course right sophia comes back in the kitchen to reveal the same thing uh but obviously she was too late at that point and she says that she had cut her, caught her foot in the carpet, so it delayed her from getting back into the uh, room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia again proclaims that she will not be going to the uh, you know, services and that nothing will change her mind. Dorothy then offers to pay for the trip. Uh, and Sophia tells her, to okay, but book business class, because <laughs> if I have to sit through the three amigos, I'll need champagne. Boo. <laughs> Are you saying boo because she took a shot of the three amigos? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a fine movie. Absolutely. So. I think we've talked about the Three Amigos before. Yeah, I think so. Thing. So my my first date with a young lady was to see the Three Amigos. I wonder if the Three Amigos would hold up. I think the comedy would hold up, uh-huh. but I wonder if the uh, sensibilities would hold up to today's uh, standards comedically. I think so. You think, I think so? so? I think the biggest hurdle that the Three Amigos has to overcome is uh, Chevy Chase's face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a new movie coming out with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah, oh, it's really? a TV show. It's, it's a show? Yeah. I thought it was a movie. Yeah, and it's a TV show. It's going to be on the Hulu. I'm really looking forward to it. It looks funny. Yeah. Those it's, two together are pretty good. It's called The Only Murders in the Building. Okay. And, I, see, I thought it was a movie when I yeah. saw it on uh, TV 
promotion for it. So like Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez <laughs> are all living in the same building in New York and there's a murder. And then the three of them are trying to figure out, you know, who did it. Oh, very cool. Who done it? And Steve Martin <laughs> and Martin Short do a podcast, right? Oh, do they? Do they really? Well, I, I think I... that's part of the uh, the plot. Yeah. This oh, is oh okay. okay. So they're doing a podcast in the show? Yes. Oh, that's okay. cool. I'd listen to their podcast. I would totally listen, listen to ours. I don't, I don't listen to any <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I did listen to a couple of uh, the Grateful Dead's official podcast. Oh, really? And I do have two more that I'm going to try to listen to. Do you find with your current, because you, you're working from home mm-hmm. and, and probably will be, like, mm-hmm. at this point, it, it's pandemic yeah. doesn't really have anything to do with yeah, it yeah. Mm-hmm. currently. Do you have any time where you're, like, doing, I don't know, mm-hmm. menial tasks or whatever that, that give you the opportunity to listen to podcasts? Not really. I mean, no. It's one of those things that I can definitely listen to music, you know, um, all day long and everything. Sure. But as far as um, being able to, you know, focus, focus on somebody enough. talking yeah. and, you know, sort of generating my own content, it's it's hard. It's understandable. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that at least some people find the time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at least 86 of them. Yeah, a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some people from Austria even do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. like Paul Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so we change scene. Uh, Sophia and Dorothy are entering the house, uh, a house, following the funeral services. Mm-hmm. There's like a wake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia walks up uh, to a food table, takes a taste of one item. It was a knish. It was just a knish, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to reveal that quite yet, sorry. <laughs> and it tells Dorothy that she's ready to go immediately. Of course, Dorothy kind of insists that they stay to pay their respects to the family and tells her mother uh, not to make another scene like she did earlier. Uh, then they discuss that Max had apparently <coughs> tripped over Sophia's foot and nearly fell into an open grave, <laughs> at which point Sophia hollered, Start shoveling, boys! Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good one. That was one of my favorite yeah. lines of the episode. That was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max enters, though, and uh, kind of addresses him, speaks to him. He begins to shower Dorothy with compliments on her appearance, stating that you know, a few items that are no longer really match what she is from her youth. Right. Uh, Sophie, uh, Dorothy asks him if he has cataracts, and he admits that he's had them since 1967. <laughs> uh, and then puts on some glasses, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. Sophia again turns to leave, but Max tells her how much Esther would really appreciate that she'd come all that way to attend the services. Sophia snaps back about how much she loved her friend and how she deserved a better husband than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts a story, but you know, kind of stops himself. But then Sophia basically tells him to spit it out if he has something to say. Right. We flash back to a scene where Sophia, Sal, Esther, and Max were all playing cards in that same house. Uh, when Sophia and Esther leave the room to get some coffee, Sal kind of uh, stands up and talks to uh, Max and admits that he... Uh, bet away their profits right. on what was a sure thing, apparently. Like a horse race, I think he said, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Max is upset, of course, but Sal is clearly beside himself, knowing that he let down you know, not only his friend, but that Sophia would surely leave him when she found all this out. Right. Uh, Sophia returns to the room uh, with refreshments. Looks like a cheese plate or something, right? Mm-hmm. Something, yeah. And, like uh, a plate of sandwiches, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before Sal can come clean about what he'd done, uh, Max interrupts and makes the or takes the blame for the business losses, mm-hmm. and then Sophia is furious at that point. Yeah, now do you think that your marriage would be strong enough that if, like honestly, like I think that if I did something stupid that mm-hmm. caused us to lose all of our money, mm-hmm. like it would cause problems, but I don't think that it would end my marriage necessarily. Mm-hmm. 
do you think that yours would be strong enough to survive if uh, you had done something that caused your, I don't know, let, let's just say that uh, Helena, you know, comes home and she finds out that you gambled away the deed to the house. So you mm-hmm. guys are like homeless, yeah. or, you know, or at least, you know, you have uh, mm-hmm. nothing to your names because it's yeah. all been taken away. Yeah. Do you think she'd be like, all right, well, we're done? Um, or yeah, do you think I she's. I think so, and I think rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that obviously I wouldn't. I'm not somebody who's trustable you yeah. know, or trustworthy. Sure. I guess is the word. I'm not sure why I made up the <laughs> other one. <laughs> I'm not trustworthy. And she has, you know, she has to think, you know, our youngest and herself and, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. And she's like, well, why come back from this and, you know, work up and try to get everything back just for this asshole to <laughs> gamble it away and get on a sure thing? Because of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the power of love. Uh, only goes Don't so need far. money. <laughs> Don't need fame. <laughs> and surely quote- at that point you will have a credit card. All right. Are you quoting Huey Lewis and the news? <laughs> um, anyways, I don't know. Oh, I think my, my marriage would survive it, at least initially. I okay. guess it would depend if there was a lead up to it. Like if it was okay. like, yeah, I've had a problem in the past okay. that, you know, I... Maybe. Or continued problems. Right, exactly. Then I think so. But I, I feel like if it was something that was out of left field and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have this gambling addiction mm-hmm. that I didn't, you know, yeah. that I've never like, disclosed to you. and stock market. Yeah, and I'm the one who's been <laughs> handling the finances and I'm sorry. I, I feel like there would be a, a second chance. Yeah. Um, now yeah. that said, if she did leave me, I agree with you that it is very justified. Yeah. Um, but you went all in on the Onion News knowing that they had the next big story. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, the flip side of that is, okay, um, you know, come Monday, mm-hmm. you know, you finish your work day and clock out and, you know, yes, wife, how her day was. And she's like, oh, I lost my business because of gambling. Would you leave her <laughs> or would you be like, yeah, shit happens? <laughs> uh, you know, it would depend on what her attitude was past that. If that was all it was, then yeah, I would be like, well, you know, it's, I, I had no idea that this uh-huh. was an issue. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't leave her specifically for that uh-huh. now if she was like so i guess you need to get a second job because i'm a woman <laughs> of leisure now <laughs> then it may be a different situation uh-huh. but as long as she was like yeah you know i'm gonna go back because she actually like it's it's ironic you say that monday mm-hmm. is her last day mm-hmm. of working at um, yeah. her current place of employment and then she'll be fully mm-hmm. you know her uh, doing her own business yeah. after that is yeah. it going pretty well then i hope yeah so far so good i'm really happy to hear that yeah she's off to a great start um so, yeah, it would be ironic if she was like, yeah, I know today was my last day at my other job, but mm-hmm. now it's also going to be my last day at my new business yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. For... We do have to pay the rest of the lease. Yeah. Sorry. but <laughs> Well, and she is a therapist, so it's like unless she did something to cause her to lose her licensing. Um, <laughs> then, and then if she did that, then there'd be a whole different thing because it'd be like, well, what kind of ethical problem did you have? Yeah, let's not get into <laughs> that all that. caused you to yeah. lose your license. Like, well... You know, there's this whole this whole thing about not having relations with your clients. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then, then it opens up a whole different can of worms. But they're not going to take her brain. Ethics, <laughs> so, ethics. So yeah, she'd have to have that lost. Reminds her. me, I should book a full hour. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think you only need fifteen, exactly. <laughs> and that includes cleanup time and everything. Exactly, but she can still bill the insurance company for the full hour. Right, I won't say anything. <laughs> Would you, consider that, would you consider that yourself paying for sex if your insurance was covering it? I definitely would. <laughs> it's therapy. Right. <laughs> yeah, There's nothing untoward about it. It's what I need to get her my PTSD. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'd be pretty um pretty upset if she if she uh mm-hmm. told me that that was the kind of therapy she was offering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'm glad most of your clients are women. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so sorry, Ski, you can go on back to uh uh, so yeah, so I lost the business, and it yeah, was, we had the, the the flashback, and right. then we flash back to present, and he kind of continues the uh, story. You can tell he was, you know, telling him, uh, saying that Sal wanted to tell Sophia the truth, uh, but he wouldn't allow it, worried that it would break up their marriage. Uh, he says that Sal never stopped or never gambled again, uh, out of guilt. Right, and so you know, it was worth all the, the issue in the long run. Uh, Dorothy comments on how lovely a gesture that was and prompts her mother to apologize for all the mean things that she'd said and done to him over the past many years. Mm. Sophia claims that it's very hard for Italians to say sorry, but Dorothy insists she make amends. I think she even said something funny like, it's also hard for Italians to walk by wet cement without putting someone in it. Right. <laughs> right? Uh, Sophia tells Max that you know the conditions are pretty good, and he smiles and responds, Apology accepted. And they mm-hmm. hug. Yeah, I don't know. It would be awkward if you were angry at someone for that many years um, to have it just suddenly go away. But at the same time, you know, it it was something where all of your anger and hatred towards that person was completely unfounded. unfounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and and she accepts it without questioning. Right. I kind of thought that she might be. Oh, whatever. You're lying. You know. Yeah. Because there wouldn't Sal be any would way. do that. Yeah, and at that point, there's no one there to know. Yeah, there's <laughs> the no truth. proof either way. Right. She just takes it for his word, but mm-hmm. it does help drive the story forward. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that is helpful. <laughs> uh, we change scenes, and now we're back at uh, the girls' house. Uh, the girls are finishing up their first meeting of the Hunka Hunka Burning Love Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're passing around a partially eaten pork chop, which is enclosed in a clear display case. Mm-hmm. Like a little plastic cube, right? Uh, that, that plastic cube did not look hermetically sealed or anything. It looked like <laughs> just a, something that you could easily pop open the top and yeah. the air you get. I don't think finish the pork chop, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was supposedly a pork chop that was partially eaten by Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy jokingly says that it must be a fake, as you know Elvis would not leave that much meat on the bones. Right. And she laughs to herself, but Blanche angrily snatches the display case from Dorothy and expels her from the uh, club. Then adjourns the meeting and kind of ushers the ladies out towards the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche tells Dorothy that she hopes that she's not too upset about being kicked out of the club. And Dorothy pours on even more sarcasm, saying that, you know, she'll try to manage. Yeah, that was, I think, maybe my favorite overall. I don't know if you call it a line, but because uh, it was more of a paragraph. But she says, uh, I've been thrown out of an unauthorized Elvis fan club. I'll try to pick up the pieces and go on with my life. Mm-hmm. There must be a support group for people like me. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty good. And just the way she delivered it was really good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose adds that uh, any negative uh, comment about Elvis's grounds for immediate expulsion mm-hmm. from the, the club. Blanche and Rose began to tidy up and Blanche asked them, do you know what I hate about uh, what, I, what I hate doing most after a party? Mm-hmm. Rose, without skipping a beat, chimes in with, trying to find your underwear in the big pile. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite line. That was, yeah, that was a good line. one, too. That might have been Rose's best of the episode. Uh, after a short pause, <laughs> Blanche tells them that uh, she's uh, she hates cleaning up the dishes and suggests that they uh, leave them for now and go out to eat. Right. Uh, they agree and uh, the uh, with the idea, and Dorothy says that uh, she'll go get Sophia from the back. They comment on how upset she's been since the funeral, having lost such a close friend. Mm-hmm. Dorothy uh, adds that even though she made up with Max, 
she'll probably not even see him again, right? Right. Uh, and uh, seconds later, Dorothy is in the back. She screeches from there, uh, from Sophia's room. Uh, Blanche and Rose run to the back to see what's the matter, and we see Sophia in bed with Max. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asking, you know, what's happening? And Sophia, smiling, answers, afterglow. <laughs> yeah, that might have been Sophia's best line of the episode. Uh, Dorothy calmly uh, chats with Max before quickly losing her temper, and Sophia announces that they are getting married, at which point Dorothy then faints onto the bed. Mm-hmm. She is really not good at that kind of... Um, Comedy, like... like- like physical, like yeah, like the, she's done it a few times where it's very fakey. Right, exactly. Like she's a really good actress, and yet when it comes to doing things like pretending to faint, um, I don't know. It's it's not even like she hams it up. It's just like the attempt <laughs> just seems. Well, so... this time she was supposed to have actually fainted. Yeah, but there's another time when she was trying to uh, trick yeah, fake Sophia, it. Like, yeah, but I have oh, a heart attack. Heart attack. Yeah. Oh. But I feel like there's been at least it. one or two other times in the past, in addition to these couple mm-hmm. recent ones, but. Yeah, that's not it's uh, not B. Arthur strong suit. Unless that's just the way she thinks it plays best for comedic value. Yeah, maybe. Which, it's ironic because she's definitely the most athletic looking <laughs> of the Goldens. <laughs> so you feel like that she should be able to have the physical comedy, no problem. Exactly. You know, <laughs> pure muscle. <laughs> uh, we change scenes, and uh, that's the same scene really, but just flash forward. Right. Probably a commercial break. Uh, Rose is lightly slapping Dorothy's face, trying to wake her up. And she, uh, she then comes to, stating how odd the feeling was that she'd never uh, fainted before. Rose says that she hasn't either and asks how it felt. And then Dorothy says, like this, and begins to smack Rose's face. <laughs> Dorothy gets up and uh, demands to know what is going on and uh, what has led them to decide to get married. And Max tells her that after seeing uh, one another uh, again after so many years, they you know, talked and spent some time together and they fell in love. He admits that uh, if it is a mistake, <laughs> that they won't live long enough to find out. Right. Uh, Sophia turns uh, up to him because they're kind of holding each other. She says, kiss me, you poet. <laughs> Rose and Blanche think uh, they're an adorable couple. But Dorothy stands strong and defiant against the whole idea. Upset, Sophia tells her that you know if she doesn't want to attend the wedding, fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, reminds her that if she'd like to send a gift, they are registered at Jordan and Marsh. Yeah, Jordan Marsh is a um, department store that is defunct at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it went out I of business. I had not heard of it. I, did, I meant to look it up, but I didn't. Yeah, I had neither. But so it was one I had to look up because it went out of business more or less in '96, mm-hmm. and all of the, or at least most of the remaining stores at that point were converted into Macy's. Mm-hmm. So if you still want to get them something, then maybe if you go to Macy's, they'll register, you know, record. <laughs> the registry (laughs) but i did think that was pretty great i like that line and then we uh, change scene again Uh, blanche walks into the kitchen where rose is filling out invitations for sophia's wedding Uh, she tells her to stop for a minute and pitches the idea of uh, getting an elvis impersonator Mm -hmm. uh, to boost attendance at their club meetings i think she's at the next club meeting or something right yeah uh dorothy enters the room and uh, blanche asks her how uh, she would pick the right elvis impersonator and she responds well, I'd thump him on his belly and see if he's ripe. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good one, too. Mm-hmm. Rose says that uh, she'll look into uh, you know, getting the uh, impersonator as soon as she's finished with the invites. Dorothy explains that she'd really rather not discuss the wedding, but the girls assert that she give uh, Sophia her blessing. Dorothy maintains still that after having uh, uh, you know, hated a man for 40 years, she couldn't really possibly have fallen in love with him over a weekend. Right. Rose... Talks about how Charlie proposed 10 minutes after they met. Of course, they were seven years old yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. 
you sold her a policy for her bike. Right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, her mother, of course, insists that, you know, Rose at this point insisted that uh, she, you know, first grow up and mm-hmm. mature and then marry, like, at 15, like her, her sisters. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia comes into the kitchen to show off her wedding dress. Uh, Rose asks, you know, aren't you supposed to be a virgin to wear white at your wedding? Mm-hmm. Sophia tells her that the last time she was a virgin, the Louisiana Purchase was still in escrow. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Sophia says it doesn't matter anyway since nobody will get to see it. Uh, she says that you know there's a, a Sicilian tradition that states that she can't get married without the blessing of her eldest daughter or child with the most facial hair. Either way, that's Dorothy. <laughs> uh, Dorothy won't budge, and Sophia threatens to put a curse on her, but Dorothy cites another obscure Sicilian rule that kind of negates the possibility of that. I think they both t- said they talked to uh, an aunt or something. I yeah. Yeah, she was like, yeah, I could, you know, remember enough to call that amp as well. <laughs> now, there was a little oh, part in that scene that I it. thought was funny. Because, you know, when, when Rose was talking about how she d- didn't get married at 15, she did wait because she wanted to go off to college. and um, be, be a worldly woman, right? Right, exactly. And she mentions how she studied Latin. And they're like, oh, you <laughs> studied Latin? She's like, yeah, first in my class, Orothy Day. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really good line as well. Yeah. First, uh, the first, because I watched it twice, the second time I caught that, mm-hmm. the first one I thought she was actually saying something in Latin. Oh. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I'll just catch it again later, right? And I'll I'll look at the translation. And I was like, oh, fourth <laughs> day, ha ha ha. I think it would have been great if you would have actually taken that extra step of plugging it into your translator <laughs> <laughs> to see what it meant. Like, How would I have even spelled that? Yeah. <laughs> Latin for tall oak. Tall oak. I like that. Do we have, we're kind of breezing through this. Any comments on anything else, you guys? No. I'm saving my stuff for Tarantino and Elvis. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So you got it all, all exactly. locked and loaded. Exactly. Well, I've got thoughts. <laughs> so Rose and Blanche enter a back room uh, to help Sophia finish getting ready for the wedding. Uh, so I guess we've jumped ahead a little bit. Sophia has locked herself in the bathroom and won't come out, saying that the ceremony is canceled because Dorothy still won't uh, support mm-hmm. the decision. Max then comes in to see uh, what's going on, and Sophia talks to him through the door about how maybe Dorothy is right, and they can't fall in love so quick, mm-hmm. uh, but how nice it has felt to spend time together and uh, how happy she feels with him. Right. Dorothy walks in and hears her mother's explanation of how she feels, and then she walks up to the door to give a heartfelt endorsement of the marriage. Uh, meanwhile, the caterer comes in and asks why things are uh, being delayed. He confronts uh, Dorothy in a very strong gay signaling <laughs> like uh, style, very classic of the '80s, I think. Yeah, the very stereotypical '80s style yes, of it. Very yeah, very much so. And tells her to suck it up and get the show on the road uh, to accommodate his crew because mm-hmm. they're trying to serve people some food. Yeah, I think he said, "I have a hundred cheese puffs and a sensitive assistant, both on the verge of collapse." Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dorothy tells him to get lost. Finally, Dorothy admits to her mom that she uh, saw them getting married as kind of a replacement of her father, but that she wants her to be happy and knows that, you know, Sal would want that also. Mm -hmm. Sophia comes out and they hug. Uh, The caterer makes another classically gay reference and uh, Blanche comments that he's ready to, quote, fly right out of here. Mm. Uh, Max calls them uh, back to action uh, to get to the wedding on the road and they all get ready. Well, I did think his reply to that was... uh, well, excuse me for living, Anita Bryant, mm-hmm. um, which I think we've discussed Anita Bryant at some prior um, so. prior episode. 
but you know she was a very big anti-gay write, activist. Did you write the uh, reference down? That, what he said to her? Well, that yeah, that's he just said. Well, excuse me for leaving Anita Bryant. Well, he's, okay. Oh, you mean the reference that he said initially that yeah. caused her to make the comment? No, I didn't write that one down. Um, but I did think it was just worth mentioning because it was in the news recently that Anita Bryant, um, who is still alive and hating, uh, her <laughs> granddaughter just recently um, announced that she's or she just got engaged to a woman, and so I thought that was you know delicious irony. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure that someone who's as filled as with hate as she is probably won't be swayed, but you know, there's always that hope that maybe having someone in the family. It's hard to uh, say. Yeah, but. Anyways, that does have certainly some irony to it. The actor who played the caterer guy. Oh, yeah. He had just gotten done filming and was getting ready to be released. Um, a movie with Priscilla Presley. Oh, really? Because uh, he was in the Naked Gun, the first and the third one. Oh, yeah. Oh, was so, it? And so was Priscilla Presley. She was in all three of them. So like, he you know, probably hung out with Priscilla a bit, and now he's at a you know TV show with 12 of her husbands. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Burke is his name, Ray but Burke, we'll yeah, get played, to that here in a moment. He played Pap Schmier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Max calls him to, you know, hey, let's get this show on the road. Uh, they kind of give, uh, I think, Rose and Blanche also, like, give their best wishes to Sophia. Right. Uh, the girls all process out to the front where room where uh, an audience of Elvis impersonators is mm-hmm. in attendance. Mm-hmm. Looking at the crowd, Rose quickly realized that she may have mixed up the invitations. Too many Elvi. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia is undeterred, and the ceremony begins. Uh, While the preacher is talking uh, Mm -hmm. to Max and Sophia, the other girls are kind of quietly discussing if they think they'll ever uh, get remarried. Dorothy and Rose are skeptical that they will, but Blanche says, absolutely. However, she stipulates that uh, he would have to have the body of Mel Gibson, Mm -hmm. a fine racist. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the personality of Johnny Carson. I don't know if there's a whole lot bad about him that's been said. I know there's some controversy about the show after the fact, but yeah, nothing I, directly about it. No, no Bill Cosby type things. No, not that I know of. Um, d- do you know of any controversy surrounding Johnny Carson post uh, Tonight Show? No. no. Yeah, neither do I. And that any possible suitor would also have to be rich, like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was... <laughs> Funny that that ended up being the the <laughs> reference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if she wanted a, a suitor with a financial stability of Donald Trump, then she definitely should have went after Rocco a few <laughs> weeks back. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I think it is funny that they ask, would you ever get married? And Blanche has been like engaged three times. Right. Or something. <laughs> well, I think they've all had situations where they thought marriage was on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, potential at least. But, yeah, it, Seems like they're all waiting to get married, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for sweeps. <laughs> right. Uh, but then they, it kind of focuses back onto the ceremony. And we see Max say his I do and a kiss. Uh, then the uh, Elvis entourage gets up and serenades the newlyweds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls all hug and congratulate the couple, uh, despite a bit of confusion about the Elvis performance. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and then we close. It continues for the next episode. Yeah, we had quite a few uh, guest actors in that one. Uh, Jack Guilford, he played Max Weinstock. Mm-hmm. 136 titles to his name. Two Golden Girls, but it's just this one and mm-hmm. the second part of it. Yeah. Uh, he was a uh, he was Bernie Leftowitz in uh, Cocoon, Cocoon the Return. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we also had, uh, of course, Ray Burke. Was oh, the oh. Ca- he was also Gog, Gog in a Ringo Starr's Caveman movie. Oh, was he? Yeah. Very That's nice. A classic. I love that one. And then uh, we had Ray Burke, the caterer, 117 mm-hmm. titles with him. Um, he's, again, two Golden Girls, just this one and the, the mm-hmm. next one. 
Uh, he was in a Star Trek Insurrection, um, Star Trek Next Generation, just bit parts in both, and then, like Brent mentioned, the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. Are, were there three of those? Yeah. Okay, so he was in two of the three. Yeah. He was in the first one and the third one. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I enjoyed it and everything. And then I saw the third one in the theater, and that's the one where there's a scene where, you know, O.J.'s running from the cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the movie, and <laughs> O.J. in real life had already run from the cops at the time. And so, because I saw it at the, uh, you know, the discount cinema, you know, 50-cent mm. right. or whatever. <laughs> so it was released in the theaters, and then O.J. happened, and then it came to the cheap theaters. <laughs> and it was just a different perspective on the movie. It's life imitating art. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Then we had but a... Priscilla Presley, she was beautiful in all three of them. Oh, was she? Yeah. Uh, we had Not a... Trot. Oh, yeah. Sid yeah. Melton was this in was it. after she was a best-selling writer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks in part to Brent, exactly. <laughs> to Brent's purchase. <laughs> um, My library's purchase. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> so, but they did have to buy a new copy. Because <laughs> all the pages were stuck together. <laughs> I'd like to think that it was probably just because your uh, fellow campmates just beat you with it. <laughs> <laughs> or turned it covered in s'mores. <laughs> right. S'mores and blood. That's why the page just respect together <laughs> marshmallow and chocolate to everyone so yeah well, we also had um sid melton in there sal again his mm-hmm. uh, fourth of eight appearances mm-hmm. uh, we had harvey j goldberg as the preacher mm-hmm. 31 titles to his name this is his only golden girls fritzy burr was um ruthie Mm-hmm. And she had 62 titles to her name. She uh, Three episodes of Friends, which I thought was interesting. Who was but Ruthie in this? Maybe she was uh, one of the uh, Golden or Elvis fan club people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I don't think Esther even spoke during her part in it, so I don't think she's even credited. Oh, she, no, she said she was going to get some coffee. Did she? Yeah, it was real brief, though. Well, she wasn't in the credits anyway, um, at least that I saw. Yeah. I was like, Ruthie, huh? <laughs> so, uh, and then we had uh, Ronald August, Richard Bernard, Scott Gale, Blake Gibson, uh, <laughs> Tally Loriti, Rick Lefevre, uh, Samuel Lloyd, Jay Pinnock. That's, that's not the Sam Lloyd from Scrubs. Oh, okay. And, uh, and Eddie Powers. And, of course, Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. as all of our... Uh, Elvi. Yeah, Elvis impersonators. That was probably the oddest <laughs> little guest spot of anybody ever, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you think of any time? Because at the time, he wouldn't have been... Big, yeah, but he was yeah. probably already directing at that point, wasn't he? Oh, no, no. Oh, was he not? Witness his first movie. So this was 88 right. when this one came out, and he was still writing at the time. Oh, okay. Um, but he used the money that he made from this episode mm-hmm. to support himself while he finished writing Reservoir Dogs. Wow, very cool. That's pretty cool time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, oh, by the way, did you finish your... Uh, I did. So what... So yeah, and, Brent, if you remember from prior episodes, a few weeks back he had started... Uh, watching or rewatching, I should mm-hmm. say, all of the Quentin Tarantino movies yeah. to rank them. Yes. And he was down to, I think, one last movie. It took him a that's couple weeks. That's an awesome weeks to, tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> it did work out well. Totally yeah. unintentional. Maybe that's yeah. why he waited to watch it so that he could tie it in with this episode. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but uh, so did, did Jackie Brown retain the it number one did. position? I freaking love that movie. It's definitely the best of the bunch. Do, do you want to yeah. do a quick run through so yeah. people know your Quentin Tarantino? Uh, so, yeah, order. as of July 18th, when I finished my rewatch, uh, Jackie Brown had the top spot. And then I'll go and skip down to number 10 and work backwards. Okay. So, suspense. Right. So, number 10. <laughs> uh, so, number one, Jackie Brown, but yep. <laughs> number 10 through 
not or two. God damn it. <laughs> so number ten was Django Unchained. Okay. Uh, number nine uh, was the extended edition of Hateful Eight. Okay. Uh, number eight was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number seven, Death Proof. Number six, Reservoir Dogs. Number five, True Romance. Oh no, sorry. Number five was Pulp Fiction. Number four was True Romance. Oh, okay. Number three was Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Kill Bills one and two were at the second spot. And then the top spot was Jackie Brown. Very nice. So, uh, I don't know. There was one on there that I thought seemed a little higher than I would have expected. What was the one you had right above um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fell just behind uh, Death Proof. Death Proof. Yeah, Death Proof I'm not a big fan of. Mm. The rest I, I enjoyed. I, I would say that your list is pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd agree with most of all, though. I think I've seen all of them except for Jackie Brown. So it's the best of the bunch. Yeah, is there are there any of them that you didn't like? No, no, I love them, them all. Yeah, I'd watch any of them again, and I'm sad that I waited this long to rewatch some of them. I thought he had some involvement with Four Rooms. Am I he wrong? He did. Okay. Um, and I didn't get to rewatch that one, nor like True Romance. He only wrote. Okay. He didn't direct. For Four Rooms, did he do any directing, or did yeah, he just he directed. did he star in it too? Mm-hmm. Like yep. I thought he was. Uh, yeah, um, he did the segment with uh, Bruce Willis and um, the, right, the thumb getting cut off and everything. Oh, okay, but he also um, wrote Natural Born Killers, and I didn't have a chance to rewatch that one. He wrote that? Mm-hmm. I didn't yep. know that. So, but I didn't oh, get a chance. To. I had a question from yeah. before. I, I meant to. I didn't want to cut you off while you were talking about the mm-hmm. guest actors. Does anyone ever else play Sal, or does he play that role throughout the? Series. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I mean, I know we get eight Sal um, episodes, yeah. but unless he dies prior to yeah. it ending, I would think he he'd be the he only right. Sal. He's always yeah. I think he's just the one. Even when it's just his voice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I like when they have that kind of continuity. Yeah, like, like they've had the same young Dorothy a few times. Mm-hmm. I think that's been nice because there's a handful of times when they'll bring back like I didn't like Dorothy's son change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of I don't know. You think they do? We get it. You'd think. They would be able to bring an actor back for something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, right. things change. And, of course, there are deaths occasionally that happen. I, I think one of my favorite instances of uh, changing the actress, you know, mid or, or, or any of the actors midway, was on Roseanne um, when they mm-hmm. changed Darlene's at a certain point. Becky. Becky, yeah, sorry. Becky's at a certain point. Because they had Sarah Chalk, or mm-hmm. is it Chalk or Chalky? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, Sarah Chalk was the newer one. Yeah. I don't remember what the name of the she original. She was in Scrubs, right? Lacey Gorenson. Lacey, is that her name? Yeah. But they did like a little thing where the two of them were on one episode together before or after the credits um, or during the credits where they did like a Patty Duke type of a thing where <laughs> it was like identical cousins yeah. <laughs> since they didn't really look <laughs> all that similar to each other. Yeah. But it was pretty great. That was my favorite. Uh, yeah. Not not so much that change of actors, but mm-hmm. just that little bit that they did yeah. um, to acknowledge it. Yeah. I thought was great. And I guess I didn't watch the the new episodes or whatever, mm-hmm. but Sarah Chalky was on there as well. Oh, was she? Like, um, uh, Becky was played by Lacey Gorenson or whatever. Okay. But Sarah Chalky was on there, and she was a woman who could not conceive, and so she was going to have Lacey Gorenson carry her eggs oh, for her. very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they were able to, because I'm a big fan of Sarah Chalky. So, oh, yeah. 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 Any work that she gets, I'm a fan of. Agreed. So. I wish she worked more. Yeah, same here. So, uh, who was your MVP for this? Oh, did you have anything more? I guess you had said you had Elvis and Quentin Tarantino. Did you get it all out of your system? Nothing really came up, but I love Elvis. And you said you're saving your Kanish for you're saving your Kanish for next episode. You said, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it then. So, all right. So, Ski, who got your MVP for this one? I give it to Max Mm. because I recognize him from Cocoon. I thought he. (laughs) 
That's a good reason. No, <laughs> well, no, I recognize the actor. And, uh, the man's met Wilford Brimley. Come on. <laughs> I thought he put on an enjoyable performance, and he was a good guest character. Oh, okay. How about you, Brent, who got your MVP? Uh, Rose. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, I gave it to Rose also. I thought she did a good job in this one. Yeah. I thought they actually I thought it was a good episode for all of them, um, for the mm-hmm. most part. But uh, but yeah, I think Rose came up a little ahead she of the rest. She did have my two favorite lines in the show. So, yeah. but you but you've never seen her in Cocoon, so That's she couldn't true. have won the MVP. Absolutely, <laughs> case no competition. There. Right. <laughs> so uh, so I guess we know who your MVPs are going to be for the next couple episodes too. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, uh, so skew. How many slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you? Six point five. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a, like if you look at the scope of what happened, it's mm-hmm. an immense life changing event for the girls. Right. Uh, there have been you know multiple engagements and near marriages, but this time it actually happened. Right, went all the way through with it. How about you, Brent? Eight, eight. Yep. Wow. See, I I enjoyed the episode a lot, and I would have, I was leaning towards uh, six point five. Also, mm-hmm. I was even considering a seven, but ultimately I knocked it down to six mm-hmm. because of. Uh, I don't know those jokes near the end with uh, them with Blanche making fun of the caterer. Uh, just I don't know, just rubbed me the wrong way. So I was like, I got to knock it down a little. I can't make yeah. the episode that would potentially win at the end, at least yeah. for me, mm-hmm. um, be one that uh, had some anti-gay jokes in it. Yeah. So see, so yeah, I went with a six. So six, six point five, and an eight. Though that's going to mm-hmm. be a pretty solid uh, score for this episode. I would agree. It's great. It's really unusual too. Um, one thing I'll give it a huge credit for is a two-part episode mm-hmm. that actually has a way of kind of, like, even if you didn't see the second part, you could enjoy this episode fully mm-hmm. and not feel like, oh, well, I wonder what happens next. Yeah, um, exactly. It didn't it's leave just, you on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. cliffhanger-ish, but mm-hmm. not, I mean, it, like I mean, you don't know how things are going to be after they're married. It's kind of like the first Star Wars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it could have ended that way, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think the first Star Wars can be a completely self-contained movie, other than the fact <laughs> that you think Darth Vader might still be flying around in space. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it can be. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so a really solid episode. Um, and with that, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Let's get recorded so you can disparage me in front of our crew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's been recording. Yeah, at least the last like six minutes. Or good, so. good, yeah. Something. I want to hear this. Uh. Well, most of the time, I don't know if anything we've said at this point has been funny enough to put on uh, the end, but we'll see. It's all downhill from here, so <laughs> if that wasn't golden, we're screwed. Oh, no, this wasn't a very big hill. <laughs> we're going to be in the valley before very long. but Well, it's just more of a steep cutoff. Oh, okay. <laughs> just like a plateau, and then, oh, no. <laughs> Even the, even the smallest hills are worth dying on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's my motto. You should get a shirt with that on. <laughs> that is definitely a motto for the 21st century. Um, <laughs> right. There are a lot of people that are willing to die on the absolute tiniest of hills. <laughs> so, exactly. Anyways, so you guys ready to kick off this one? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.